to the Innovative Teaching Podcast. I am Jeanette Schaefer, your host. I work at South Mountain Community College in Phoenix, Arizona in the Center for Teaching and Learning. So our goal for this Innovative Teaching Podcast is always to introduce you to new ideas, encourage you to think outside the box, and just make teaching and learning engaging and fun for our students. This week, I'm sharing with you an online debate that I did over the summer with an online course. It's a really neat way to engage students. It was not really hard to implement at all. It did take a little bit of time to grade. But anyways, I wanna share how that process went, the steps I took, and how you could potentially create an online debate for your online class or even hybrid class. The goal of the debate, the competency for our class, I was teaching CIS 105, And the competency for the class is technology and the ethical side of technology. The project we used to debate about was the Sidewalk Labs project that's happening in Toronto, Canada. And it's really being pushed or supported by Google. So it kind of makes it interesting as to what's really going on, where they're at with the project, how's it going to go. To start off with the debate, Step one of the debate was to have students read about the Sidewalk Lab project. With this, I just created an assignment where they go in, they get to read about the project. I put in a couple of video clips, news clips that talked about the project, and then they just consumed information of what is the project. Afterwards, after viewing that, the assignment was to go in to the discussion area and actually post questions. Because after you read a basic overview of the project, you have lots of questions about what does it mean? What's the ethical side? What's the security? What exactly are they doing? So students just go in and list questions. It can be any question, anything that they can think of. After doing the questions, they then create a page of resources. Now I worked with the Canvas Learning Management System And in that system, you create pages. Pages is where you can put content. By default, the pages are set up to only be edited by the teacher. However, you can set the pages up so that students are able to edit pages. This was a whole class, so as a group, they went in and actually added resources. It was everything from maps of the site, the way it looks now, the land, the way the land would look after the whole project's been implemented. There was a 1,500-page document about the project, so if any student is really ambitious and interested, they could go in and, if not read the whole report, at least search through and find the information applying to what they're uh, supporting. And then just links, links to other videos, other newscasts, other articles, just anything and everything that they could find. Now, after they created the resources, I asked students to pick a side. Are you for the project? Are you against the project? Once they picked a side, they were put into a discussion area based on the side that they were supporting. Everyone supporting the project was in one discussion area. Everyone against the project was in another discussion area. The first time I did this, I allowed students to see both sides of the argument so they could hop back and forth and go into both discussion areas. But the second time I implemented it, I created it so that they could only go in on their discussion area. 
Now the whole point of this step in this discussion area is to construct their argument for the debate. The one thing you can do in Canvas, and this is what I did, that the first student that signs in to the discussion area is automatically assigned as the group leader. I did this because I, I assumed or figured that the first student that hops into the discussion area is likely the one most interested and most anxious to get engaged with the project. So I, I created them as a group leader. Now you might want to assign some extra bonus points for being the group leader because they will have a little bit of extra work. Take, the, take that into consideration if you do it that way. Otherwise, you could ask for volunteers, but I figured it would be easier to just randomly assign whoever signed in first, they would be the leader. Their goal was to pick out one to two topics to debate in the main debate. So the whole idea of the discussion is they're constructing their argument. So I also did this in a hybrid model. In the hybrid model, I allowed students to have three topics. I actually required them to break out into three groups and have three topics, research those three topics, and then uh, that's what they presented in the debate. But in the online environment, I think it's a little, three's probably too many. So I would stick with one to two ideas that they're actually going to debate in the argument. Now, the main discussion, so after they've had time to construct their argument, I create a separate discussion area where they present their actual argument for the debate. I encourage the students to use the audio feature in Canvas because when you do discussion, you can use audio and you could also do video. So you could do audio and video. But since we were working online and I know some students did not have, we had some students in rural areas, so I wasn't sure how their internet connection, so I just encouraged audio and not video. They can type it. As usual, you've got the option to do text, but I figure with an argument for a debate, it might be a bit long and too much to type. So I really pushed them to use audio. They did not. That's okay. If they preferred to do the typing and that's what they were comfortable with, that's fine. But I would encourage, if you're going to do it, I strongly recommend you encourage them to do the audio. For one thing, you get to hear the voices, you get to hear the tone, uh, students can connect better. But they presented their uh, final arguments, and then I selected two students to be the judge. The first time I did it, I did not have judges. We just kind of debated and just shared perspectives. But when I did the hybrid model of the debate, I actually had two judges. One had... The one student had some debating experience, not that she had debated, but she had watched her parents debate many, many times. And then the other student had no experience whatsoever. But I put them as a team to actually judge what was presented and who won the debate. They learned just as much or more than the students that, you know, walk through the whole process. So the students you have judging the argument don't have them involved in the first part of the step. Just have them working with you, maybe kind of overseeing they could look at the resources, they could look at the questions being asked, but I would not have them involved in the discussions for constructing the argument, but have them, you know, judge the final debate. I did actually provide them with the rebuttal opportunity if they want it, and we definitely did that in class. Online, not so much, so you may want to build that in and make that specific as far as, you know, make sure you, you do the rebuttal after we've had a debate. When the debate was completely over, each student did a final reflection. 
I like doing the individual reflection because then I really get to learn about who learned what and what their thought process was as far as, you know, for the competencies. I was also able to create a rubric because the one thing I do in my Canvas course is actually pull in the course competencies and that gets included in the rubric. So I have the scoring to show the students have met the competencies for the course. With the reflection, we used a tool called Flipgrid. This is one Patricia had brought in at the beginning of our online course that we wanted to use and we had already been using, so students were familiar with it. But it's an external tool. It does have an LTI, so it can be incorporated directly into Canvas. We did not have uh, permission yet because it had not passed the security and privacy process. It has now, so now we can include it. But at the time, we did not, so I used it as an external tool. Worked just fine. They give you codes, links, QR codes, everything. It makes it really easy for students to get to it. It can be done on their phone, so it does not have to be done on the computer. If it's done on the computer, they do need a webcam. With an online course, we did a lot. We did live webinars. I recorded screencast every week, and then we were doing the Flipgrid reflection. So our students needed a webcam. It was a, a requirement for the class. But with the reflection, the one thing that I kept hearing over and over from students, they really enjoyed the online debate because they got to hear from the other students. They got to see their perspectives, and they said that the other students had perspectives and ideas that they never even considered. So it really got them thinking with the whole technology and the ethical side of the technology. It got them thinking about stuff they would not have considered if we had not done the online debate. So I really like that feature. And everybody's involved. With the online debate, everybody's involved every step of the way. I would definitely encourage you to consider using an online debate. Now the hybrid model, I decided to do it in class because we don't have enough class time to get all the way through the debate. We introduced the project, got them started on it, and then between my class meets once a week. It's not technically a hybrid, but by only meeting once, one day a week, it is a hybrid because you don't see them again until the following week. The information is presented in class, then they have that discussion. The discussion area is set up for them to construct their argument before they come in the next class. The next class, when they show up, we jump into the debate. So it's enough time for teams to get together, kind of pull together their final thoughts and exactly what they want to say, but they already know what their three topics are that they're going to argue. And then they present in class. After they present, they have a chance to do the rebuttal. The judges are then there judging the actual physical debate that we had in class. So that's a hybrid way to do it. The reflection for the debate also happened outside of class so that they're able to reflect on their own. I know with reflection, I was one of those students where you participate in class, you like a little bit of time to process the experience and what you learn and then be able to reflect. So that's the way I would do the online debate with a, uh, a hybrid model so it's not I guess it would be a hybrid debate and not an online debate since you're doing the hybrid. I hope that it helps you out and you can take some information away from that and maybe do something similar with your students. Thank you very much for joining us today. If you have not subscribed to our podcast yet please do that. Our audience is growing. It's amazing. We're reaching people around the world. It's very exciting. 
The thing that really gets me energized is I'm looking forward to reaching out to you all and start doing some collaborative podcasts. I know you're doing great work. You're doing different work than we're doing. So I want to reach out and let's start getting podcasts created together and we'll get it out to the world and and just share and showcase the work that everybody's doing. Well, thank you very much. I do have some interesting people lined up for podcast. I don't have them scheduled yet, so I don't know what the next topic of our podcast will be because it's all based on who I can get scheduled and get in here next. I've got two or three waiting. It's just a matter of getting our schedules worked out so we can get the podcast recorded and and share uh, their interesting ideas. But have a beautiful and wonderful week, and we will see you on our next podcast.